If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to a one-chapter book right before Revelation, the book of Jude. The book of Jude. In this one-chapter book, there's a lot that we can unpack, but I want to pull out a few verses. The first verse I want to share with you is verse 3. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If you'll go down to verse 17. Again, Jude writes and says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some having compassion, have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessings for those in this room to receive, for those watching online to receive. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you thanking you for your spirit and your presence that is so real here today. I know what you have directed the timing for this message. And I believe, God, that you have something you want to say to us that we need to embrace with a great level of urgency. <clears throat> so I pray for every heart, every adult, every young person, every, every child that's in this room. Speak to us, Lord, like only you can. Those that are watching online, may they be drawn by the urgency that is in the word of God and the urgency of your spirit we praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you for these things and these blessings we covet your anointing I pray in Jesus name and the church said Amen whatever it takes have you ever said that? Whatever it takes. In the sports arena,
want to share with you is verse 3. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If you'll go down to verse 17. Again, Jude writes and says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some having compassion, have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. You stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessings for those in this room to receive, for those watching online to receive. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you thanking you for your spirit and your presence that is so real here today. I know what you have directed, the timing for this message. And I believe, God, that you have something you want to say to us that we need to embrace with a great level of urgency. So I pray for every heart, every adult, every young person, every, every child that's in this room. Speak to us, Lord, like only you can. Those that are watching online, may they be drawn by the urgency that is in the word of God, the urgency of your spirit. We praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you for these things and these blessings. We covet your anointing, I pray, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Whatever it takes. Have you ever said that? Whatever it takes. In the sports arena... With the championship on the line, doesn't matter the sport. You will hear that influential athlete on the team. They'll sound aloud and they'll say, we have to do whatever it takes to win the title. When the patient is suddenly confronted with choices about their treatment, to keep them from dying or to prolong their life upon the earth. I mean, let's be honest. 
We've all played a little Russian roulette with our health. But you let the man or the woman in the white coat speak up. And we are, doctor, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever plan you prescribe, I will follow through on it. Whatever it takes, I'll make sure it happens. Any dad worth his salt would no doubt work three or four jobs to make sure that his wife and children were taken care of and that their home was secure. And their mindset in working themselves to exhaustion would be, whatever it takes, these are desperate times. And so they call for desperate measures, so I will, I will work to take care and provide for my family. Well, friend, we're living in desperate times. We are living in the most depraved culture I have witnessed in my lifetime. We are living not just in desperate times, but I believe we're living at the end of time. And while we do not know the day or the hour, it should not be a surprise to hear that we could very well be the generation that ushers in the coming of Jesus to catch his church away and subsequently to reign on the earth for a thousand years. And though we have a tendency to stress about the economy, and some may be wringing their hands about the future of our country based upon the, quote, current leadership. Others may have some trepidation about keeping terrorism away from American soil. The truth is these are all temporal concerns. But there are some areas, some things that are much more desperate, much more burdensome, much more alarming than terrorism or our country and its leadership or, or the economy or, or racial divide. And I want to deal with a couple of those this morning. The first thing I feel strongly compelled to share with you is that we as believers must rise and say with conviction, whatever it takes, we're going to stand for the truth. We are in that culture that allows for the complete distortion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we should not be surprised because it was prophesied. It was divinely predicted. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it was prophesied that in the last days, men and women would be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they're, they're believing everything but the real truth. Or they're hearing the real truth but not applying it to their lives and allowing it to transform who they are. The New Testament continues about this day when it says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, it is the last time, little children, and there are many antichrists 
whereby we know it is the last time. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, these things have I written to you concerning them that seduce you. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, there are many false prophets that are gone out into the world. And verse 5 says they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world and the world hears them. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You say, Pastor, you're giving us many scriptures, but the truth is the Antichrist that we've heard about is not in charge yet. He's not revealed yet. But what I want you to see is that the devil has got little Antichrist. He has little demons. Demons influenced or possessed people out there setting the stage for the Antichrist, creating a plan, a platform for the devil's worldwide plan. The truth is the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Seducing spirits are already watering down the gospel. And the truth is, the church must stand firmly against liars from the outside. And let me give you one. And I'm going to call her by name. And she has deceived countless amounts of people. It started in 2008, probably before that, but when it became more profound. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. She is called the queen of all media called only African-American multi-billionaire in American history, has been identified as the most charitable celebrity and a big advocate for making changes in social justice. There would many that would stop there and say she is to be admired and she is to be applauded. But don't you be fooled. Back in 2008, she launched a year-long course On the New Age Christ. And the goal was a New Age worldview that included beliefs that there is no sin, that there is no evil, that there is no devil. It was a course to rethink everything one would believe about God and life and states, quote, this is a course in mind training and it is dedicated to thought reversal. Here are some quotes from that A Course in Miracles that Oprah Winfrey was promoting and propagating. Quote, there is no sin. Quote, a slain Christ has no meaning. Do not make the pathetic error of clinging to an old rugged cross. The recognition of God is the recognition of yourself. Fast forward from 2008 and bring it a little more current to 2018. Now she is promoting reincarnation. 
Now she is promoting that Jesus isn't the only path to God or to heaven. Now she is saying that we can create an understanding of God and spirituality that suits our own personal preferences. This started many years ago. This leaven has poisoned our society and has infiltrated our country. And that is one of the reasons why we're dealing with such a depraved culture today. Influential people that are liars burped out of the pit of hell have come in and with their influence and even with their charitable means have caused a great deceiving and a great seduction that has happened in our day. Every mother and father better hear this pastor this morning. The Bible clearly teaches that the people of God are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And there is coming a day and now is that there will be a famine in the land not of bread and not of water but of hearing the word of the Lord. That day has come. That day has arrived. Peter wrote to New Testament believers. He was writing to you and I and this is what he said. This is Bible here. He said be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16 Listen to this. This is Bible. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you shall save yourself and them that hear you. That is your kids. That is your grandchildren. That is your great-grandchildren. That are those that are within your sphere of influence. And can I just come by and tell you, they're never too young to learn about the plan of salvation. Can I tell you, you better be telling them about water baptism. You better be telling them about being spirit-filled. Yes, you better talk to them about a bloody Savior who died on a wooden cross. You better teach them about confession. You better teach them about believing in Jesus. I've come by to declare, as much as I love the church, God help us, the church was never intended to take the place of the family. It was never intended to take the place of mom and dad. The church is only there if it's worth its salt to undergird mom and dad. If you count on the church to teach your children about the Bible, you will set them up for a mixing together and a dilution that could deceive them and lead them astray. God help mom and dad to rise up and teach your children the doctrine of the word of God. We must contend for the faith. You had better give them some substance of Scripture while they are young so they can attain and retain the Word so their minds will be protected with that helmet of salvation that I preached about last week. And they can fend off the seductions of the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We must contend for the faith. Amen. We must stand up for the Word whatever it takes. We must stand against liars from the outside. We must stand up for the word of the living God. But can I tell you, not only are there liars from the outside we must stand up against, but we must stand against deceivers that are rising from the inside.
My pastor used to always say, we don't need to be near as worried about winds blowing the church over as we do about termites eating the foundation of the church. From Oh, somebody needs to help me preach. We better, we better make sure we know what we're listening to. Can I tell you, not everything that comes out of INSP and TBN is CBN is of the Lord. You better know what you're allowing into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit, into the hearing of your children. You see, they're not just out there in the world. They're rising from within the body of Christ. If you don't believe me, this is an age-old trick of the devil. It happened in the New Testament church. If you go to the book of Acts, there was a great deception that came up within the church. Look at Acts 20 and verse 30. It says, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw disciples away uh, from them. In 1 John 2 and verse 19, the same writer that talks about prophetic signs at the end of the day, listen to what he said. He said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. I'm going to say it again. Just because it's on your favorite radio station or favorite television station doesn't mean they are of us. I'm telling you as much as we, I, I, I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a little soapboxing again here and, and I'm standing, I am standing flat-footed against this Equity Act that divides races. I'm standing flat-footed against this equity uh, act that accommodates a perverted agenda. But can I tell you, I've learned just in the last few days that there are pastors right here in our county, right here in our town, that believe the equity act is something right and something that is needed. I'm telling you, we better, we better gird our minds. We better guard our heart. Not everybody that stands behind the pulpit is from the Lord. We better Watch out. There are wolves in sheep's clothing, even in the church of Jesus Christ. God, help us to have shepherds that have a heart like Jesus to love everyone. But God, help us to have shepherds like Jesus that will proclaim the whole truth of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. I'm telling you, we've got to stand up for the faith. Thank you, Lord. Beth Stevens, an evangelist told of being with a pastor a few years back who was using a church growth consultant. And I'm sure that church growth consultants had their area in ministry. But this particular church growth consultant, the advice that he gave to the pastor was this. If you want your church to grow, take the name of Jesus out of your messages Take blood and hell out of the church. The pastor did, and the church grew numerically. But at what cost? God, help us to get this in us with dogged determination. Galatians 1 and verse 8. Listen to what it says carefully. Paul said, if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel 
unto you than that which we have preached. Let him be accursed. You say, an angel from heaven, an angel from heaven, angel from heaven, and the Word of God, they're on two different levels. If you didn't know this already, angels from heaven can be deceived. A third of them were years and years ago. But I know this, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass away. I know this, the grass withers and the flower fades according to Isaiah, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. When I get to heaven and they're looking for my name in the book, in the divine registry of heaven, there's also going to be another book sitting next to it. And it's the word of God because the word of the Lord shall endure forever. It's watered down. Social gospel is deceiving people. It's deceiving people to believe that drunkenness and drugs and porn and fornication and incest and homosexuality and immorality is acceptable. And God is love and all this Bible is not necessary. But I'm going to say it again. Whatever it takes... We're going to contend for the faith, the truth of the gospel, if it costs us everything, even our very lives. Whatever it takes, we have to contend for the faith. Now listen to me. We should also declare whatever it takes will snatch a soul from the burning. I cannot, have not for years been able to get away from that one phrase where Jude wrote and said, with some showing compassion and making a difference, but others save with fear pulling them out of the fire. I studied that out in the original. Sometime back, and the word saved here in the original Greek is the word sadzo. And it is a word that means immediate, fast, and continuous. Immediate, fast, and continuous, continuous. There's an urgency that is attached to it. Sin is destroying people's lives. And it is heart-wrenching when you see someone living in destructive patterns that will send them to hell. When I read the Bible, it commands me to move immediately. And to move fast and to move continuously, it stirs something within my spirit 
that I am doing little in the kingdom of God to save souls from going to hell. I have neighbors that are going to hell. I have family. I have church attenders that are dying without Jesus. We have got to get to a place where we're passionate about populating heaven and plundering hell. We have gotten comfortable. That's worth saying again. We have got to get passionate about populating heaven and plundering hell. Hashtag that. Don't be ashamed. Put it on your page this afternoon. Let somebody know you're not a child of the darkness. You're a child of the light. And you're not just on your way to heaven, but you've got an urgency about you to take as many as you can with you to the portals of glory. It's time to quit being politically correct. We live in an apostate church age and a perverted culture and your family, and my family, and your friends, and your neighbors, and co-workers, and fellow students are hanging over the flames of hell by a sheer thread of mercy, and we ought to save them if for nothing else to sheer fear that they will be separated from God for all of eternity. Whatever it takes. Well, preacher, you're judging me. That's the famous quote now. Don't judge me. Years ago, I was pastoring in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I was, I was being obedient to the Lord. Just as sure as I'm standing here, I know I was. But I was praying one day. And the Lord led me to put together a list of all the backslidden people. So I stood before the church. And I said, I want you to turn in names of backslidden people that once knew the Lord. We're going to pray over them. I mean, we're going to get down to business and pray over them. And we did. We had a long list. Names started flooding in. I guess after it was over, we put the list out. People started praying. I guess it was just a normal Tuesday or Wednesday. During the day, I was in the office and I got a phone call. And there was a woman on the other end. And she said to me, Preacher, if God tells you to pray for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that's fine. But don't you ever put my name down in print again. I remember it well. Ah, but the good news was some people did get restored, some people did get convicted. Some people did come back to Jesus. We have gotten so offense-weary that we're no longer allowing ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit to touch people that we don't want to see go to hell. God called you to be the ecclesia, the called-out ones. We testify of Jesus calling us to the altar and to the house of God and calling us to a relationship with him. But I'm afraid too many of us who accepted the call to come have ignored the call to go. There is a hell 
and it is very real. It was originally prepared for the devil and his angels. It is a furnace of fire. It is unquenchable fire, which means it never goes out. It is an everlasting fire. It is always burning. Darkness surrounds you in hell. Matthew says many will go to hell. Luke says it is a place of torment. It was never God's intent to send one soul to hell. His Bible says he's willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, you're scaring me, Pastor. Friend, I fear for your soul. Approximately 153,000 people will die today around the world. Roughly 6,500 people have died since you came to church. How many of those 6,500 are beginning their eternity in a flame that cannot be quenched and will not be consumed? In the next 60 seconds, 107 people around the world will either go to heaven or they'll go to hell. The body suffers there. The soul suffers there. And as a shepherd, I am fighting to protect perversion against our children in the public schools, and I do it without apology. But this moment, I'm fighting to protect you from eternal damnation, which is sure to happen if you don't know Jesus. Others save with fear. Immediate, fast, and continuous action. We must act deliberately and unending. There is not time to waste. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Let me just say, my mother's home, maybe she's watching the service. She could be taking a nap. But if she's watching the service, my dad is here. Thank you. Thank you that as an eight, nine-year-old boy, I sat in service like our children are doing today. And I heard that there was a heaven to gain and there was a hell to shun. And yes, at eight and nine years old, I went to an altar and I knelt down and I said, Jesus, come into my heart. We're so concerned. We'll let them listen to any of the filth out there in the world. But oh, don't scare them when it comes to the word of God. I'm telling you for every person in this room, child, adult, and young person that's listening to me, take the earbuds out, turn the electronic device off and hear this preacher. You must be born again or you're going to go to hell in a lake of fire. (laughs) 
ask Jesus into your heart so you will go to heaven. Ask Jesus into your heart so you won't go to hell. We try with compassion, but we continue with fear if that's what it takes. Is this biblical? You're not going to hear this in a lot of churches. You're not going to hear it from your favorite TV evangelist. But listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. He said, knowing the terrors of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing the terrors of the Lord. God, well, I thought he was a merciful God. He is. But he's also a holy God. I thought he's a God of love. He is, absolutely. But he's also a God of justice and judgment. And sin has to be punished. Sin has to be dealt with. And the only way to deal with it here is to say, Jesus, come into my heart and take away my sins. For if you don't deal with it here, the judgment that you will deal with is him looking at you and saying, depart from me, I never knew you. And you will be cast into the lake of fire where the worm dieth not, and there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Play games all you want. This is serious stuff. Do not allow this new age dung this new age waste to send you to hell. Whatever it takes, you know the truth, you learn the truth, you digest the truth, you get in the truth, and bless God, you stand for the truth. Whatever it takes, you make sure your soul is ready. And then you get hold of an urgency to try to find someone, even if it means saving them with fear. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all about compassion. Jesus loves me, this I know. But how many, how many of you know there's some stubborn sinners that love ain't working? They need to know the reality of separation from God. When I walk off this stage today, if God calls me home, I will be able to stand before him with no blood on my hands. One of the most influential people in my life, she passed away a couple of years back. 
I was honored to take part in her service. Her name was Doris Pierce. And for years she taught the Bible and influenced me as a young teenager, as a young adult, and right before I went out into the ministry. Tremendous woman of God. She'd been through so much on this earth, and I won't take the time to go into all that, maybe at another time, but on this, I'll never forget her sharing this one particular time when she was, she was nursing, would go on to be head of nursing at the hospital there in Portsmouth. I believe it was, Mar- uh, anyway, it was a, a hospital in Portsmouth, Virginia, and one night she was working the evening shift, I believe it was, and she talked about, at that time, you had a little more flexibility to talk to people about spiritual things. Just as sure as she's standing here telling the story in my hearing, I could hear her recount of how she had a, pa- a patient that was, that was an atheist, cursed and swore, and she tried to reason with him and tried to pray with him and tried to talk to him, and she was a nurse on the shift for the evening, and he wouldn't have no parts of it, angry and just so bitter, just full of vile. And she was out at the nurse's station, and they started hearing this terrible-sounding scream. She ran into the room. I don't recall her saying that anything, any monitors had gone off, but she heard this scream and she ran into the room where this man laid. He said, I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, my feet are on fire. Please do something to give me some relief because my feet are on fire. Within just a few moments, he was gone. Lazarus was died, carried as a beggar to Abraham's bosom. But the scripture said, when the rich man died in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Don't you believe for one moment there's any such thing as a purgatory? Your last moment here will lead to your next moment in one of two places. It's as simple as that. I know this is Family Sunday. I want every child listening to me. This pastor loves you. You have a children's pastor and pastor's wife that absolutely adore you, do anything for you. But this is the most pressing matter you'll ever deal with in your life is right here and right now. Jeremy and Tasha, Lindell and Hilda, come up here. Give me some soft music, Tony, if you would, very soft. Everybody close your eyes, child, young person, adult. Oh, Lord.
Everybody got your eyes closed. Lord, I have shared the whole truth. People sit in this room and watch online and they're playing games with your spirit. Kids are playing games with God. Young people are playing games with God. Young adults are playing games with God. Married couples, older adults, I don't know who they are, but they know. The Holy Spirit certainly knows. Whatever it takes. God, I stand before you today and I give you my pledge and I will always fight for your word. God, I stand before you today and I promise you I will fight for every soul. I don't want to see anyone perish. You guys spread out up here at the altars. Just come down this way a little bit. Is there any kids here? Any adventure kids that say, you know what, preacher? Man, I'm a little scared right now. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And I, want to, I want somebody to pray for me. You have to crawl over mom and dad. and Come on up here. you got a children's pastor and a children's pastor's wife that would be happy to pray with you. I want you to come on. How about there's a young person. There's young people in here. Maybe you've been in church all your life. But you know that you know that you know that if you died today, or even if you're unsure, if you have a question mark, you have a youth pastor, youth pastor's wife, they'll be happy to pray with you. They'll be happy to love on you. It's a moment of truth. There's some adults in this room. You need to come and pray. Things are not right between you and God. They're just not right between you and Jesus. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. I'm opening this altar right now for you to come. Come on. Come on. Anybody? Come on. Maybe you're just unsure. I'm just not sure. I've never, I've never prayed a sinner's prayer. I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, today is the day. Is it complicated? Is it difficult? No, 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 no. Not at all. All you do is say, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I need a Savior. I believe what you did on the cross was for me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't sit back another moment. Come on. Come on. Come on. I appreciate the honest heart. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's all right. for these three honest hearts that have come forward, but there's others that need to move right now. Come on. 
Forget your image. Forget your reputation. Forget what your mom and dad will think. I'm telling you, there'll be more joy in their heart if you get up from where you're at right now and you'll come up here and say, man, I need prayer. I'm telling you, this stuff is real. Come on. Come on. still coming one at a time but they're still coming come on there's not a more beautiful sight than this you that are saved ought to be stretching your hand this direction right now and praying for them there's a battle for their soul there's a battle for their soul this word this message God's spirit will leave an indelible impression upon them it did upon me 47 years later and I remember it like it was yesterday Scott I remember it I remember going to the altar and just bowing down in a huddle and just weeping before God and saying God have mercy upon me as an 8, 9 year, 10 year old boy I don't want to go to hell I want to go to heaven we don't give them enough credit God is drawing them there's still others there's still others what a beautiful sight what a beautiful sight. Maybe it would help if we stand. Would you stand all over this place? Just stand up. Come on, is there others that want to come and pray? Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to be lifting their hands right now and praising God. Because in the portals of glory, there's a, there's a party going on. There's rejoicing going on. Names are being written down in heaven right now. Souls are being transformed right now. We rejoice with the angelic host. Can we do that right now? Can we just rejoice? Can we open our hands together and lift up our voices? And, and can we just applaud these that have given their heart to the Lord? Come on, Lord, we praise you today. We join with the angelic host of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you today. We bless you today.